everyone, and welcome back to Creative Footnotes. I'm on a roll here. I've actually been putting out episodes now. Normally, we're getting into the flow of things here in Atlanta. And today, I have a guest with me who... Funny story how we met. My best friend of 10 years, his boyfriend lives down the street from me here in Atlanta. And his girlfriend came to an event one time that I was at because I'd met her and invited her and she brought her friend Nikki who I am now friends with and who is now sitting here with me in my apartment hey hi hello um and we're gonna talk about art direction today which is cool because I have always been interested in that in general and so now I have like a pro here to ask the questions for. Um, so I'm just going to dive right in and ask you kind of like, what is your background in art, like in your life? In my whole life? Yeah. Like what was your first exposure to art? Oh God. Well, I don't think I can remember my first exposure, but like, I always loved like drawing as a kid or just like making things out of like paper or coloring. Cause I remember like making, uh, construction paper teddy bears where I literally just like (laughs) cut out teddy bears with paper and stuffed it with more paper and like stapled around the sides and I'm like look mom a teddy bear oh my god (laughs) it's like teddy bear origami yeah something like that um so definitely always loved art but I was never like very good at it if that makes sense like I feel like I always had the the ideas for stuff like oh my god this would be a really cool idea you know paper teddy bears but then they always like look like shit, you know, you'd, <laughs> you'd go to like, you know, art class or whatever. And you, you always knew like which kids had the talent, right? right. Like, the, like prodigal. The, yeah. Like, what's the word? Not prodigal, but prodigy. Prodigy. Yeah. yeah. The prodigies. Like yeah. you could just tell. And I would always compare myself to them and be like, God, I can't draw that good yet. But I just kind of. And I still don't draw very good. I don't paint very good. I don't like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just something but it always, like, like held your interest. Yeah. Did you have, like, good art teachers when you were in school? Totally. I think so. Maybe not, though, because I can't remember any of their names now. That's <laughs> hilarious. I feel like the only reason I do is because I went to, like, private school, and so it was just the same, like, oh, art teacher okay. every year for all of elementary school, middle school, or whatever. Um, and she was cool. But I don't think I took it, it in my experience. Like, I was always creative, but I don't think I ever took art class very seriously. Like, it was cool projects, but I wasn't like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this to the best of my ability. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I look back on some of the stuff and I'm like, that was kind of like half assed. That's, you know, yeah. like I was just a kid and I like could make some pottery. My dog is barking. Sorry, guys. I definitely, I took art very seriously. And it, you know, my level of talent or whatever wasn't out of 10. So it always just like make me feel bad. Um, but I feel like the idea of like what I was trying to do was always there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So even if I didn't like execute it right, it was still like a cool concept kind of. Were your parents on board with that? Like were they, did they like that you did that and like support your different ideas? And Totally. Yeah. My mom always thought I was super creative growing up and bought me all the, you know, all the art sets with all the gradients of crayons that go across, you know, like the little suitcase <laughs> like those big things. boxes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> There was always stuff in there, too, that, like, you would never really touch, but it was cool that it was in there. Totally. For me, that was always, like, watercolors. Yeah. I It's watercolors are still baffle me. They're very hard to deal with, but that's cool. So when did you, at what point did you think, like, oh, there's somewhere that I can go with this as far as a career? Tenth grade graphic design class, for sure. Um, didn't know what that was, but it was, like, sold to me as art on the computer. I'm like, cool, you know, let's sit in a computer lab all the class period or whatever. And uh, that I was good at. Like I could edit shit on Photoshop and make it look exactly like how I was thinking. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe oh, this is like my thing kind of. Um, and You know, there's careers in that, so I pursued it since then. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So you started out on a graphic design track. And yeah. then is, did you go into college like, oh, I want to do graphic design or? Yeah, so that's like, so I, you know, 
hometown Tallahassee. They only have TCC there and FSU. Like those are the colleges there. I didn't have money to go like anywhere else. So the option was only graphic design. Oh, so I, I got you. I went to community college and there, I knew about art direction. I remember having like a, oh, I want to be an art director at Cartoon Network. I remember saying that when I was like 14 years old. Um, which I didn't totally even know what that meant at the time, but I wanted to do it. <laughs> but uh, graphic design was the only thing available. So I went to TCC uh, Community College. And I'm like, yeah, I'll get my AA and a certification in graphic design production. That sounds right. Um, and then when I went to FSU, they didn't have graphic design. So I'm like, oh, I'll just get a fine art degree. Um, so I double majored in communications and fine art. And just kind of like that's interesting. They didn't have graphic design at FSU. No, I was talking to my tattoo artist because that's where she went to, and I think maybe what did she do like screen printing or something weird? They do have a screen, screen printing, printing major. Yeah, <laughs> but not, not that that's design. weird, but just like it was odd that they didn't have graphic design. And, yeah, but had that. Okay, wow, that's cool. So you went from TCC, then you went to FSU. Mm-hmm. And you stayed, I'm sorry, you said you double majored in... Communications and fine art. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So it's kind of cool, actually, because you have, like, the foundations of, like, three different things that all kind of work together to what your end goal is, I guess, right? Like, what you're doing right now. Yeah, no, it's, like, literally, it's exactly what I'm doing right now. I'm an art director in... A communications agency. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So if you were to explain to someone that didn't know what art direction is, like, what would you say? How would you describe it? In its most simplest terms, I would say I make things across all mediums look good. Mm. But in like a little bit more complicated terms, I would say I come up with the big picture concepts for campaigns and activations for brands that's um, cool and kind of lead the visuals within that okay so you work with other people who help execute what the final vision is like you have teams kind of like with or like under you yeah wow so you're kind of like you're a manager too yeah if you manage other creatives yeah i do i'll like um because ultimately it is the art director's vision that gets executed in like you know campaign work and Uh, designers work under the art director and producers and like editors and stuff. And they kind of just do the thing that I say looks good. So it's it's interesting. (laughs) So do they have meeting? Do, how does the workflow go? Like you have a client that comes to you and then they give you kind of their idea. And then you have your ideas, which you then share with the other people who are executing them. Or do you go back and forth with the client first and then tell the people? Yeah. So go back and forth with the client first. Client usually comes with like a problem. Like we're not selling enough cookies or like we want to get millennials attention, do something that'll get Gen Z's attention or something like that. And then we come with, come up with ideas Um, And it can be literally anything. Like, I have to know stuff about all different kinds of mediums, like photography, uh, video, um, installations, activations, pop-ups, like social media. I got to know at least a little bit of everything. So we come to them with those ideas. They give us the thumbs up on one of them and the money. And then we take it to the producers and the designers and everybody else. And we make it. So... (laughs) I'm imagining like an Emily in Paris scenario. Have you seen that I have show? not seen that, but I need to. So I'm just, it's funny um, that I feel like I could make a whole separate podcast about TV show commentary, even though that's like a done out thing right now. But <laughs> what in the show, it's kind of like, you know, they work for, um, it's like a fashion company or advertising company. Okay. And in their meetings, the, the client will come to them and say something and she or the anyone from the firm will like pitch them ideas like on the spot is that generally how it works or do you have like a turnaround time to like think about what they're asking you yeah so definitely no pitching on the spot we are given a timeline so we get it's called briefed so we get briefed on a project where they say this is our goal this is our info you know this is what we want um and we Depending on the company, you get more or less time. So, like, my last company would be like, all right, turn this shit around in a week. Um, But at my company now, it's like, all right, you have until the end of the month. And that's, like, a lot better. That's, like, breathing room. Yeah, lots of breathing room. 
Um, so yeah, we get time to work on it and we like do rounds of feedback, like internally, like there are people in my company that kind of represent the client. Um, so they'll be like, Oh, I don't think they'll like that. Or no, I know that they'll love this. And they kind of speak on behalf of them before Mm. we prep it and then show it to the client. Interesting. It's like a translator for the art director (laughs) from the company. So in the time that you're doing, like, I would assume, I guess, ideation and research based Mm -hmm. on what you're briefed on and then you have that like month turnaround time in that time period are you also working to make ideas with the people who help you design it or is that really more of a you process because like do you pitch them back actual like tangible things like if we were to do this idea it would look like this if we were to do this it would look like this yeah so i work with uh, a writer So it'll be me, the art director, and a writer. We kind of work together to come up with the ideas. And we don't involve producers or designers at any point. I Mm. kind of come up with, you know, a high level, this is what it'll look like. This is what, how it might live in the real world. Um, And then once they approve, you know, once the client approves what we do, then we start getting into the nitty gritty. But I got to like, it's it's actually kind of difficult sometimes because you got to, create a visual that doesn't give too much information that kind of sells the idea to the client Mm, that makes mm -hmm. them want to buy in without like being able to poke holes in it. If that makes sense. Yeah. What would like a typical, I would assume it kind of changes with each project that you do kind of like with me and events where it's like, even if you do the same event, it's going to be a little different each time. Yeah. Is there like a kind of framework for what, your like deliverables are to the client when you're pitching something or is it kind of like is it different or do you have like a standard of like this is what I'm giving you like this is what it might look like or sometimes so like there will be times when a client will just straight up be like we want something for social media and then Mm. you know that's the framework that we have to work in but other times they'll give a lot more creative freedom and it'll just be like you have a budget of you know, X amount of dollars, what can we do with that? And then you kind of get creative freedom to oh, think wow. of whatever. That's like cool and like stressful at the same time. No, it's like, yeah. I have freedom. Oh my God, I have freedom. I can do whatever. <laughs> There's a lot of things you can do. That's wild. Totally. Interesting. And so your company that you work for, like different companies come to you. So you're almost like, are you like, I don't know. I don't know if contractor is the right word. I don't know what the right word is. Either, yeah. But yes. But so brands, different brands come to you yes. and then that's what you do. So do you ever have challenges with like people under you, like getting stuff done? Like, do you, have you come across that yet in your time where you're like, they aren't giving you what you're asking for, or it's not done in a timely manner or things like that? Totally. Totally. Not even just people like that work under me, but people that work like adjacent to me or like Mm -hmm. above me, like the higher up you are in a company like this, the more busy you are. And sometimes your bosses just like, don't give you the feedback or the work that you need. And that's awful. So much on their plate. Yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, sometimes you're working with like a, a copywriting partner that just kind of isn't pulling their half of the weight. And you're just kind of, you're coming up with everything and just waiting for them to put words on it. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, but then also, like, yeah, sometimes the the designers, you know, there's feedback rounds with designers, too. Like, right. I'll say, hey, make something that looks like this. And then I'll give them feedback to kind of mm. um, fix it. <laughs> how, how do you deal with that? Like, is that something that you've kind of had to adapt to in your time working in the field, like interacting with other people? Or did you have a little bit of a, I would say, like, skill set to, like, managing other people before you started in your role? I definitely did not have that skill set and it's difficult because you need like confidence to do it. So it's really difficult to have like imposter syndrome and make decisions on projects. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. I I experience that a lot in photography, especially if I happen to be working with a client. So I totally get that. I actually got like, I loved our, our college assistants this summer. Like we couldn't have made anything work without them. But my coworker and I had realized like the first week of working with them that there's like a balance to being a boss and also being cool <laughs> because <Yes. laughs> I'm like not a stern person. And so I there were times in the summer where I would tell them to do stuff and they just like wouldn't 
do no. it because I they I guess they just thought it was like a suggestion and I don't feel like it was like a you know they're competent and they got a lot done and like you know they're all successful students as well so it's like I know you're not I don't know if you're doing this on purpose or if I'm just oh, like so weird. chill that I'm like too chill you know because uh-huh. I'm not in my event management before I wasn't like working with younger people mm-hmm. so but it's just an interesting thing I think managing other people because you also never know like how other people are going to react right yeah (laughs) not that like not that it's on you for that but it's also will affect your work right if people don't listen or they don't do what you're asking or have you ever had times where you ask for something and they give you not what you needed at all and what do you do in that scenario totally um so i'm i'm not super confrontational I'm not either. (laughs) (laughs) So like there's a specific time I can remember that this happened. We were putting together um, a video for this drink called Peace Tea. And Mm -hmm. I worked with a copywriter. We like did a script and a storyboard. And we were like, this is what we want the video to say. Look like everything. Like here's inspo. Here's like everything that you need. Dude came back and edited something that did not look like what we wanted at all. And I didn't know what to do. And I just went to my boss and I was like, hey, he gave us not what we wanted. Can you, like, help? (laughs) And so they kind of came in and did the stern talking, too. So, like, luckily in my field of work, there are many levels. Like, I'm not, like, even though I have the word director in my name, I'm, like, still on the lower level. Like, I'm a mid-level. And then there's, above me, there's senior art directors and then associate creative directors and then creative directors and then group (laughs) creative directors. So, like... So there's, like, a whole family tree, basically. Yes. That's nice, though. I think that's one cool thing about working in a, like, collaborative environment in general, right? Mm -hmm. It's, like, you can get help if you really need it. Yeah. To be like, hey. Totally. Can you, like, talk to this person? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm, like, in charge of stuff, but not super in charge of stuff. Like, I can still get people to come be the mean person. (laughs) Have you ever been in a scenario where you're, like your ideas weren't received that well from like a company totally so like how does that go like are do they just stare at you and are like that's bad or like what does that scenario look like it depends it depends on how confrontational the client is or even like so like before our ideas go out the door a creative director still has to approve it and I've had some mean creative directors where they're just like no kill it like, that's what they say <laughs> to the idea is kill it. That's the term Dang, that we use. <laughs> that's brutal. Yeah. So, like... Will they give you feedback, though, for why, at um, least? Or will they just tell you to kill it and then it, you're just... It depends on the guy. It depends on the girl. Um, yeah, it just... Sometimes they'll just say no. Sometimes they'll tell you why. And, you know, sometimes you have to ask. I usually ask because I like to know, like, why not? Why don't you like this? Um but it, like, it kills your ego pretty quick. So, yeah. So it's weird. It's, like, you have to have a balance of I'm confident enough to know that I'm making the right decision visually, but then not too confident that when the creative directors and clients kill my idea that it, like, breaks my ego. Will destroy yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. I can't. I feel like the first time that that happened to me, if the person was a little more blunt about it, my face would just, like, be, like, what like the surprise (laughs) on my face I would just be like what um is that is that like generally how I guess well you said it depends like on the client but in your work environment is it more like yeah we might shoot you down your idea but it's not like personal like have these backup ideas yeah yeah yeah. what's your backup usually look like how many ideas you got back simmering oh I mean I always try to make it a rule where I come to every like creative review or presentation with at least 10 ideas so like there is no like number one star idea like I'll have my personal favorite favorite right yeah Um, yeah but yeah you gotta come with a lot that's nice that's cool though do you prepare like a like slides yeah. usually to present nice yeah. do you have it do you change it for the client or do you have like a template you like to use that's just like yeah. yours definitely change it for the client because like you know some clients are edgier some clients are more conservative so you kind of want to present it in a way that they will find like palatable mm-hmm. so that they will want to do it like you don't want you know pictures of people with like tattoos and piercings and stuff like that on for yeah or something right right children's food like (laughs) (laughs) 
Do you have a notable like um, campaign that you've worked on? Um, notable as in what do you mean? Like for you, just in general, like one that you were just like, yeah, that was awesome. The people were cool. The outcome was cool. Yeah. So I did, I did a sneaker drop. I think it was like two years ago at this point for, um, Trey Young, the guy from the Atlanta Hawks. He like partnered with Jermaine Dupree, the producer from Atlanta Mm. and they like collaborated on a sneaker um, and so it was when I was working at my last company and we were supposed to like really put together a campaign that really spoke to Atlanta. So that was, I think that was probably the most fun one that I've worked on. It was That's just really cool. cool to work on something that had like celebrity names on it. And it was something that didn't feel like big and stupid that nobody cared about. Like it was a sneaker drop. People like sneakers. It's right. not like a commercial that no one's going to watch. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's um, like a niche community. People are going to care. Yeah. yeah, totally. So we like revived an iconic billboard from Atlanta. Like back in the nineties, there used to be a so, so deaf records billboard that like everybody saw on the interstate and it was like a big deal in the hip hop community. Um, so we revived that billboard And I got to create, like, the visual look for all of the assets that we did in, like, print and social media. And then we, like, put on an event. And Jermaine Dupri showed up to the event. That's pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. So, stuff like that. Like, I honestly like stuff like that more than I like just making commercials or, like, social ads. I like big, weird things. You know what I mean? Like, being involved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Was there ever a time that you... what? What's like the shortest amount of time that you've had to, to like get, to give ideas to a client or work on a project? I mean, like twenty four hours. Oh my god! <laughs> like with a deliverable, like here's the thing. Yeah, like wow, well, like a high level deliverable. Like this is what it could look like. You know what I mean? So wow. like we call it a comp. Like it, so then, what do you do in that scenario? You're just like here. They're like here's the info. Hit us up in a day and give us your idea. I mean, they, they'll they brief us, you know, on the day and they'll say, we need this by tomorrow at 2 p.m. Sorry, guys. You know what I mean? And then you just kind of got to stay up it. all night with your people. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely stayed up late for projects and it sucks. Like, it's, <gasps> it's like I'm only supposed to work 40 hours a week. Why am I doing this? Right. Um, and like, hopefully if you work at a good place, like the project manager will like give you an Uber Eats code so you can like buy yourself dinner on, right. on the company. <laughs> um, no, sometimes it's a pain in the ass and you're all like working in a shared Google slides thing. At, right. Like, midnight. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. That's crazy. 24 hours. Yeah. So if you were going to go back in time, And to, like, when you started your career, what's something that you, like, wish you had known knowing what you know now, like, starting out? Ooh. I know. It's a hard one. I know. It is. You got to, like, let it simmer for a little bit. I feel like every time I ask people this, I reflect, like, on my own answer and I've feel like I could almost give a different one every time. Mm-hmm. One that I say a lot that I think I said in the last episode I recorded with my photographer friend is like, I wish I knew what shooting in raw was way before I did. <laughs> like I didn't edit photos like I do now before, uh-huh. but if I had understood what I could do with the editing process, shooting in raw, I think I would have dabbled in it sooner and wouldn't have felt so like behind the curve later on. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I was literally in college it w- I was living in St. Pete, actually. God, I mean, I've been doing photography since I was a kid. And I would say that in probably 2017, maybe, is when I was like, oh, that's what a raw is. Like, that's not that long ago. <laughs> it's like fresh out the water. So, like, that's one of the things I think about a lot. Like, I don't know if it actually would have made a difference. But if I had to choose, that's one that's... That's fair. I think about a lot. I think... Maybe I would have told myself to, like, get out of social media quicker, like, working in social media. Like, all of my internships that I took throughout college were, like, I mainly did stuff for social for people. And for individuals or companies or both? uh, For companies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, I worked um, part-time at, like, a 
real estate place and I ran their social media. And then I worked part-time at like a shoe store and I ran their social media. And then when I started interning at like advertising agencies, I still only did social media. So then by the time I graduated, all I had was social media in my portfolio, like just posts and stories and you know what I mean? And I was like, oh, but I don't want to do social media. So like Mm. it was very difficult to kind of turn that around. Yeah. you know, show something different. Yeah, so that's what you it, tell yourself to broaden your horizons a yeah. little bit with your portfolio. I think that's a good point. And I think that's something that I did appreciate, like, going to art school, mm-hmm. especially, like, later on in my college career, is that, like, you learn the foundations for a lot of different things. Yeah. And so by the time you're done, I think if I had gone all four years at SCAD, I probably would have had even more of a diverse portfolio. But if I really had to... I feel like I could make a portfolio of like color theory, drawing, painting, whatever that I did alongside photography, which kind of like shows that's good advice. Don't just stick to one thing, kids. Yeah. (laughs) Try different things that interest you. Um, Wow. I still can't get over 24 hours. Like I I know that that would, I could see that happening in real life, but that's just bizarre. I don't even know how I would... I would be stressed out. It's pretty stressful. (laughs) There are like literal contests in advertising for like undergrad students to go to a big time advertising agency in New York and literally sleep in their office to turn a project around in 24 hours. It's like a thing. I don't know what it's called. But like, like, oh, the come join our yearly whatever contest. And that's what you do. You show up, they brief you and you sleep in their office if you do sleep and you have 24 hours to turn a brief around. What's, like, um, a dream project for you? Ooh. Um, I want to work on something with Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. Yes. Like, I don't care if it's a movie, if I'm, like, working on the movie, or if I'm, like, if I design, like, the key art for, like, the movie poster. Like, any anything with Marvel, I'm into. Nice. That's yeah. cool. That would be fun. Maybe. Especially if you're really into that, like... It would just be cool to be a part of that world. and Yeah. What would you want to do, like, art direction? Or would you Totally. Wanna, I mean, I think yeah. that would be the ideal thing if I was, like, one of the little art director names on the movie credits for right. a Marvel yeah. movie. That's, like, probably the dream. <laughs> You're like, we made it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Um, is that... Do you have, like, um, like, you obviously enjoy what you're doing right now. Yeah. Or, um, is there, like, a long-term goal besides, like, dream projects? Like, would you want to just have, like, a higher-up role? Or are you vibing where you're at now? Would you want to, like, open your own company? Like, what does the future look like for you? Oof. See, I don't think I have aspirations for, like, opening my own company or my own agency or anything like that. It just, like, it doesn't feel fun to me. Because then you have to incorporate money and, like, HR things and, like, all this other stuff in just coming up with ideas that you're not just coming up with ideas anymore. Right. Like I like the, the, that's what my job is that I just don't have to worry about the other stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. You Um, just get to be the creative brain and that's what you're working on. Yeah. And I definitely do want to like climb that corporate ladder. I like, I do want to be a creative director at a company to be in charge of even more creative. So I'm the one shutting people's ideas down instead (laughs) of getting mine shut down. Um, on how to learn how to have positive confrontation. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, like, a creative director for yeah. any specific company, or do you like working for, like, a bunch of different, like, I companies? Like, yeah, I like working for a bunch of different stuff. Like, there are some jobs in this industry where you, like, work on just one client. Like, you'll get hired at an agency, and you only work on Nike. And, like, while that's cool, like, that sounds really boring to me. Like, I yeah. feel like... I would get bored of only having one audience to speak to or like one product to play with. You know what I mean? You can only do so much. Yeah, absolutely. I get that. I like variety in my life. I think that's why I like events so much. Yeah. Because it's like, you can have a process for how you do things. Even weddings, when I was working in weddings, like there's still like every client is unique. Yeah. And they have their own ideas that they want. So you get to like creative problem solve differently every time, which is fun. I enjoy that a lot too. I think that if I was ever working, I feel like it would be cool to be an art director on like photography sets, even though I would like Mm -hmm. also want to take the pictures. But I feel like in a way I kind of do like my own art direction in my process, right? Where I'm like creating everything that's a part of the photo, like the scene, all that. 
But I feel like if I was in your position, I would want to work with like Converse. Converse I like I'm a Chuck cool. Taylor fan, so I feel like that would be a fun one. I have a friend who does graphic design on the social team at Converse, and she said she loves it. So yeah, that I would be cool. cool. I'm sure I could think about more if I really tried hard, but. Or even, like, music, right? Like, Fender or something? Yeah. Like, I had been thinking about that, like, Sony Music. Like, do they need art directors? Because back when I was looking for a job, I was just, like, looking for anything. Yeah, (laughs) like, take me. What about even a music artist? Like, do they ever hire, like, art directors, like, for their tours and stuff? You would think so, right? Like, because an art director, like I said at the beginning, is just someone that makes the stuff look good. You know what I mean? So there's got to be art directors for, like, stage designs for right, concerts or yeah. art directors for like album cover art like there has to be like lady gaga's not doing every little thing for her album right. cover and other people although she does a lot yeah <laughs> i like it's just funny that you mentioned her because i remember back in the day i was reading about how she like did all the choreography and directing for her music videos and stuff which is a while <laughs> at least in the beginning she used it oh okay she's it's crazy how much she did back in the day yeah. that's just funny that you happened to say her and I no was like, i mean yeah, I she ha- actually did do some of that <laughs> that's cool man do you what would you say like based on your experience would be like a difficult um personality to work with and like oh the creative direction like just like stubborn people that aren't open to like other ideas yeah so the worst kind of people to work with in my industry are people who are stubborn egotistical and old mm. which usually all come hand in hand yeah. so it'll be like some old white guy that's like burr, 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 i don't understand this like no you know what i mean it's like a guy that thinks the peak of advertising is Super Bowl commercials and billboards and it's like nobody has ads anymore you know what I mean nobody wants to watch ads anymore and they'll still be in that mind frame of oh they don't make Super Bowl ads like they used to it's like no one cares about them right so those are the worst it's really bizarre that since you say that because I was thinking about this when I was watching YouTube the other day about how camouflaged ads are yeah right like they don't feel like an ad and I think that has a lot to do with, like, influencer culture, you know? Because especially yeah. some of the people I watch on YouTube, man, they'll go into an ad read. And I didn't even notice until a whole minute and a half has passed. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> okay, you're talking about earbuds. Like, I thought you were just, like, it's seamless, you know? Yeah. And it's really interesting how that's kind of also changed the market, right? Because now these companies can find a different tier of like influencer that will take whatever they're willing to offer to read off this ad to their audience that's already invested in the person who probably care right yeah like i've even found myself being like when i have money i'm gonna buy this from their affiliate link so that i can help them out <laughs> you know yeah so it's like really interesting because yeah like do you feel like in the years that you've been working in the industry that you've seen a lot of change as far as that goes like the way things are done or what people are having you make has kind of changed since you started? So I didn't start too long ago. I start, I officially started my career in 2020 because it took me a long ass time to graduate college. Um, so <laughs> didn't, hasn't changed too much. Like TikTok existed and stuff like that when I started um, podcasts, you know, podcast ads, all that stuff. Um, so I don't think stuff has changed too, too much in terms of how we are making work in the past three years. And like, maybe that's a problem. You know what I mean? Like maybe we should be kind of ahead of the curve on that. But I think like the best kind of ads, like, like you said, are the ones that are seamless, like the ones that you don't even realize it's an ad. Like it's, um, like it's difficult when everyone just wants to, you're make, you make something that nobody wants to look at, that people are just like right. waiting to like skip forward. <laughs> right. Like that's right. the kind of stuff you don't want to make. <laughs> right. You want them to want to watch it. Yeah. It's so interesting, too, because when you look at, like, ads, especially, like, older ads and stuff, like, even nostalgic ads, it's so funny how far, how almost, actually, I would say slim the bar is between, like, eye-catching and cheesy. Mm-hmm. You know? We're like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. And stupid. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, my God, that is dumb. Yeah. Like, turn, you know what I mean? Like, like the old Verizon commercial. 
commercials with the four different, you know, AT&T, Sprint, Verizon. And there were four different dudes that wore different shirts and they would just get into scenarios. Yeah. Like, I can't remember specifically what the scenarios were now, but that I always thought those were so funny. And they just like <laughs> stuck with me. I still think about them, you know? No, I feel you. There's some like something that I hate about working in my industry is people always ask like what's your favorite ad it's like I don't have a favorite ad like I went you know what I mean like you're like in my free time I just watch ads literally (laughs) but like there are some that I can remember from childhood that I'm like that was really funny so like the I think it was a gum commercial where they like had it they were like dirty mouth clean it up oh yeah orbit yeah yeah you lint liquor that exactly (laughs) dude people still know that yeah yeah so like love that very funny very fun like that's also dumb but it's not too far on the side of dumb that you're like uh yeah it's not cringe yeah Yeah. it's like just funny enough to where you're entertained for the 30 seconds it's on your tv like that it's funny i don't know if you noticed this we were talking about at my work the other day, nostalgic snacks. And so we were talking about like, you know, like those little pouches that they came out with of like the Cheez-Its and the Chips Ahoy and whatever. Um, and they were like to snacks? go or whatever. Oh. No, they were like, called, ah, oh my gosh, I can't remember now what they're called. But the ads for them were so funny where they would like, like try to do little tricks and like catch them in their mouth and like drink the packs or like whatever. And oh, it was, was like, it like the bits. Like yeah. Yeah. Bits they're like or bits something? or something. Yeah. Like smaller. Yeah. There was that. And then there was like, what was the other one that we were talking about? Oh, the Apple Jacks. The cereal. They changed the cinnamon stick. He's not Jamaican anymore. He, it's, I don't even know how to describe <laughs> him. You just have to look it up. But it's just crazy because we both remember, we all remembered like the ads were very, distinct with the the apple and the cinnamon right yeah but now he's just like so different it's really sad oh man i'll have to look it up have you ever had that experience where people have been like here's what we've been doing refresh it um no i don't think so i mean Actually, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Not, like, for a big brand yet because I just started working on, like, big brands. So, like, the kind of clients I used to work on before, they didn't have anything to refresh. Like, they were just, Mm. like, we need anything. (laughs) Um, But now I'm working on stuff like, you know, Pop-Tarts and Cheez-It where, like, they they do have stuff to refresh. So, like, yeah, they – their brands will have, like, an overall creative direction that they'll, like, want to stay in, that they'll want ideas to kind of, like, live under and still speak to. And Mm. we'll just have to – you know, come up with stuff that feeds into that. Oh yeah. Interesting. Wow. I feel like I, I could just like round off, just keep asking questions. Cause it's so interesting to me because I, at some point in my career, hopefully when I'm doing like photography more in the areas that I want to, like I will work with a creative director more than likely, you yeah. know? So it's good to just like have a little inside scoop into what that process is like. Do you ever get, nerves when you're like pitching ideas or are you kind of past that are you a little more comfortable um definitely still get nerves I'm not like a generally nervous and shy person so it's like weird to you know sometimes you feel like your ideas are like your babies like you I these came from my brain and they're very important to me and you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so like it is nerve-wracking sometimes to like you know present stuff that you worked really hard on and then it sucks when they like don't like it yeah Um, do you feel like a lot of clients keep a good poker face when you're presenting or can you usually like read them as you're telling ideas to if they're going to be like, yeah, that's great. Or eh. I think it, de- it definitely depends. I've never had a client straight up be like, no, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like they definitely keep a poker face, but sometimes I can read it just in like, like, why did you do it like that? You know what I mean? Like, if they ask that question, then you're like, oh, my God, they hate it. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I'll just hang up my uh, my pencils and my whatever. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was trying to go somewhere with that, but I just lost it. But you know what I mean? Yeah. I'll just give up. For yep. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. And it's interesting, right, because a brand is – in similar to SCAD in ways where like SCAD does things a certain way. And so mm-hmm. sometimes I'll be like, Oh, we should do this for this event. And they'll be like, 
that's a great idea, but this is SCAD. We don't do things like that. Yeah. We're not going to do it that way. Mm -hmm. You know, like just little things that you wouldn't expect. So it's interesting to find what each like company's little thing is, I suppose. Yeah, totally. Do they give you like, like when they come to you with an idea and stuff, is there kind of like when they have certain creative direction that's just true to the brand? Is that something that they would also give you of like, here's like our colors yeah, and our yeah, font and totally. stuff like that? Yeah. So ideally when you get briefed on a project, you get their something called like a brand tone of voice. So it's like a whole booklet explaining how they speak and how they represent themselves as a brand. And it'll mm. be like, we use these kind of words and not these kind of words. And we speak positively, but not blah, blah, blah. Like it's so nitty gritty. And I've actually worked on projects like that too, where we create the tone of voice and the visual direction for a brand on how like they are going to represent themselves. So I've done that too. And it, it gets nitty gritty. Yeah. That's, so. I've asked myself some of the, my, those questions just in also having my own business, but I've never gone like super in depth because I've always felt so like entwined like it's a part of who I am is a big part of my brand mm -hmm. you know so I, it would be interesting to try and explain it to someone else yeah if I was to work with them you know just no, like I mean, food for thought it's just like not super organic or like human almost you know what I mean because the way that I speak changes up. You know what I mean? I'm not going right. to, there's no internal Nikki rule of don't use exclamation points in your Instagram captions. You right, know what I mean? Right. Like I just do what I want. So <laughs> it, it is very like artificial the way that brands kind of form themselves like yeah. visually and tonally and stuff. But I guess they need it because there's so many people working on different projects for them that they need to make it all sound like it's coming from one. Right. Brand. Yeah. That makes sense. I know this is like a callback now to the earlier in the conversation, but what brought you out of social media since that's what you were working on for? Like what, what made you be like, Oh, no more. It just like, it just feels so boring. And I know that there's a lot that you can do with it. I just felt super constricted. Like I was just, I was just opening Photoshop and I was doing a 1080 by 1080 art board. And I was just, making a happy 4th of July post. Like, you know what I mean? It just felt super boring. And I wanted to do stuff that was a little bit more fun. I wanted to work in video and photography and like activations. So like, like my latest project that I did with Ego, we did um a liqueur that tastes like waffles and syrup and bacon. Oh my gosh. Like, and sure, we made social posts like to promote that and like to tell everybody that we did that. But it's way more fun to do stuff like that than to just be like, what should we post for Christmas? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's like the, the elements of creativity are still kind of there in the sense that you're like making the post and it's still like to the brand, but at the same time, it's like, you're just making posts. Yeah. It's like nothing tangible. Like a post isn't real. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I've been so existential recently that that one hit hard. I'm like, man. <laughs> you know, I was actually not to go on a tangent, but I really was thinking the other day about how, like, it literally <laughs> won't matter what we post online when we die. Like, I know we already know this, but it's just, like, so weird to think about. So in no, that totally. sense, like, yeah, it's just like, wow. And it's <laughs> weird, too, as, like, a visual artist in that, you know, the landscape is the internet right now. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, it matters that I'm like posting my photography, right? Because until, you know, everyone knows my name, right? <laughs> They're not going to be like, hey, Leia, can you do a gallery show of your own work downtown? And like, right. also, people don't necessarily go to you like they will, but they won't. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like people who go to galleries go to galleries whereas opposed to anyone can look at your stuff on the internet right totally. so it's like a weird double-edged sword where it's like you have to post online because people are going to look for it but also like buy my prints you know what i mean <laughs> or like something like that like yeah like don't just screenshot my image and use it as your background like buy a, a postcard or something you know something yeah and i think there's a fine line with like artists and creators and stuff too where like some people get to a point where they're just making content. Like, just you're just making for right. social media. You're not making 
you're not photographing for this potential future gallery or just to make the art. You're, you're making something it to, post. to post it. Yeah. That's trippy too, because I, I'm, I'm happy for people who are very transparent online. Cause like, I try to be like that too, where they'll write like, you know, I'm not posting a lot because I'm working on something else. That's like in the incubator mm-hmm. or I did start to make posts just to post. And now you can tell that it's like, yeah, I can still be talented, but you can tell there's just kind of like a lack there, especially if you've been following the person for a while. Yeah. People can sense when there's like heart and vision behind it, you know? And I think that's like a philosophical artist question that people, there's good talk about online about just like when, do you, are you aware of if you're doing that? And when you do that, how do you get out of that? You know, cause I've been barely posting on my photo page because I haven't made new work since I've been moving. I've yeah. done one kind of shoot when it was really other people taking pictures of us. And then he just handed me the camera and was like, do you want to take a few pictures? And I did. And they were <laughs> nice cause they were in a studio, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like, I'm, I'm just kind of, sometimes I'll recycle old work to show it again, but I'm not, I don't have and then it looks bad, right? Where it's like, oh, why are you working on stuff? And it's like, well, <laughs> I actually am. It's just like in progress, you I know? You. Yeah. That's I, such a weird, it's such a weird time. Like it's cool because you can make your whole living online. And if you're really proactive about it, like you can get a big following online. Like a guy that I used to live near in St. Pete, him and his, I think, fiance now, they have their own, like, adult magazine that they started because of the content that he was making. And he just started doing, like, photography seriously, like, around the time I was still living there. And then he just, like, blew up on Instagram because he's just good at what he does, but he'll do, like, Photoshop combined with, like, sensual photos. And they're, like, very, like, artistic and robotic and futuristic and just unique you know and so in that way it's cool because it's like now he's built a whole other brand and business out of the talent you know and the people that he works with and even on youtube you can have a whole career if you're strategic it's not i think the the confusion here with the older generation is that it's not work where it is a lot of work it's still a job but you can have like when we were young you couldn't just have a whole job in your living room with you as your boss no, definitely. You know what I Unless mean? You like like a, a radio show, maybe? Like, yeah, <laughs> right. And so that's crazy to think about, right? Because it's like there really are such positive and negative things about the internet. And it really can, like, drain you and kind of suck some of the meaning or intent out of your work when you're, yeah. like, forced to be putting out this content like a machine. Yes. Whereas, <laughs> like, if you're putting the content out, then you're getting the sponsorships and the opportunities and all like that so it's just I think the issue maybe is that like social media and like posting stuff is a job within itself and then like making art is like another thing and maybe like like doing both is kind of exhausting like making art with a purpose and then also posting it and making sure you have enough content out there that maybe people just lean toward just making content you bro know what I that's mean? crazy you say that because I was just talking to my friend when she was visiting about how like exactly that literally i was like saying how my business is like one of my my jewelry business when i am making stuff i'm making stuff i feel great and then as soon as i get to take product photos make the post post the jewelry on my website for people to buy by the time i get back to creation i have nothing left because i turned into this other job yeah where it really is like i even now my calendar is like when to post each thing, like leading up to the podcast, introducing the people, when I'm going <laughs> to do that, and then what I'm going to do for my other page. And like, it's it really is a job yeah. and I can't really afford to pay someone else to do it. Right. Yeah. So then I'm just end up doing it all myself, which it can be a lot when you're also trying to make the stuff, you know, so it's kind of wild. I, I would like to, you know, at some point you know, make more side revenue from my projects and then be able to have someone help me. But that's just like not really a viable option right now unless I pay people like nothing. Yeah. And I'm not trying to do that either, you know? No, totally. 
hear that last week she was sitting on my guest's lap and now she's sitting on Nikki's lap, my dog, and I'm going to take a picture because it's super <laughs> yes. cute. Mabel. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Anyway, so the last question that I have for you that I like to ask people, and we're getting close to the end of the year, so um, what would be your like wish for the general like creative collective for the next year or like end of the year time creative collective as in everybody yeah just like, like all creatives, and it's all creatives yeah um just like focus on what you want to create and not like what people want to consume as art you know what i mean yeah. like what makes a great artist i think is just you doing what the fuck you want to do. Mm-hmm. And then if people like it, that's just like nice. That's so true. That's like one thing that I recognized. If you are, you an art history person? Like, are you a fan? A little of art bit. History? I took a bunch of art history classes. And so a pattern that you recognize when you, especially when you study different periods, even if it's not in depth is exactly that. Right. It's like the people who are monumental to us were actually usually outcasts in their time because they were just doing what they wanted to that spoke to them and they just kept doing it and now we're like whoa totally (laughs) (laughs) so i think that's really great advice because you know it can also be easy to get swallowed up in social media and what you think people would want or would like and yeah yeah that's really solid advice just keep making what you want to make and just keep making it you know for sure you're so cute my dog right now (laughs) (laughs) all right well thank you so much for talking to me and letting me pick your brain about art direction and i hope you guys learned something today i learned a lot and um, i will see you guys in two weeks